going deep. I feel like Kalo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a three-peat. I don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones or a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you courtside. They ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. Thank you, Capital. It is the Going Deep podcast, and I love this space because I get to the privilege of talking about sports and how they relate to other aspects of our culture. And I found myself thinking about that this weekend. Certainly thought about it a lot when the New York Rangers decided that they weren't very proud of their pride night. And... Although they promoted it and celebrated it, didn't, as a club, wear pride warm-up jerseys or pride tape, and I kind of figured sports being used in a way to act like we are in a much more diverse, inclusive place than we are when tangible change hasn't really happened. And then I thought the same thing. When I sat and I watched 66-minute tape of Tyree Nichols having the life beat out of him by five uh, police officers who were sworn to protect him. And you may wonder why I was thinking about sports then. And it's because as a sportscaster, I've been asked many times whether it was Trayvon Martin or Tamir Rice or Eric Garner or... Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor or George Floyd. And then when the bubble shut down, Jacob Blake to go on television and put these things into context. I was a fast name found on the Rolodex to talk about how these issues impact us. And I'm not sure how they've impacted me because I don't know if any of us really at this point in 2023 should be getting trauma via text and getting push alerts that yet another Black life has been lost to the hands of the police. But I remember people feeling in the bubble in 2020 during the racial reckoning that this was a turning point. Players used their leverage. People stopped. They learned. They listened. The games went away. And we will start to see change. And I now wonder how foolish that is. Yeah, we have a huge platform in sports. And we can do great things for many equity-deserving groups like the LGBTQ 2S plus community in hockey has done a great deal like anti-black racism and aspects of police brutality. But Colin Kaepernick took a knee a long time ago and we're still having the same conversations, talking about the same things. And I struggle because I like to think that sports has a huge way to influence these things, but I don't know if I'm just telling my, Self that because I really like sports. And I do know that sports can be a great distraction, but there's certain times in life where I feel like we need less distraction. We need to actually talk about what matters. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are the heartbeat of that community, and certainly they've been vocal about what they felt. Uh, Jaron Jackson tweeted to the Nichols family, my teammates and I 
are and have been paying attention. We are with you. To Memphis, we are hurting too. Peaceful protests, supporting the family, pushing for accountability are what's needed in this moment. I know that's true. I hope that's the case and the protests have been peaceful, but we'll see if they are productive because sadly we live in an era where conversations are had when the protests are destructive and dangerous. And that's when news reporters and cameras come. So we are years removed from George Floyd and the racial reckoning. We have been talking about inclusion in sports for people of all genders, sexual orientations, races. And I don't want to say anything absolutely because anything who speak, anyone who speaks in absolutes is absolutely wrong. I know there are lots of great people in the hockey community doing great work, and I know there are clearly lots of police officers who are keeping us all safe. But I struggled to find a way that our greater conversation in sports is helping these issues. But maybe I'm just in my feelings because I'm tired of watching these videos. Am I missing something, Sean? You you mentioned something about, uh, you said the words trauma via text, which I thought were really interesting because I I also saw a lot of these same push alerts and, and tweets and, and you get them sent directly to your phone. And in an era where you watch most things on TV or like on your computer, kind of with your phone in your hand, like kind of like you're constantly scrolling all the time, it, it almost feels... I don't know if cavalier is the right word, but it almost feels so easy to just completely scroll by something that for so many people, probably including yourself as you were taking this information, is traumatic, right? It's just it's so it's so easy to kind of like gloss over it. And I just I do wonder, and you said we also live in an era where, you know, can these can can protests be constructive versus destructive and so on? And I think they are, but at the same time, I also wonder if people are like and not not just because of the pandemic, although I do wonder if the pandemic has accelerated this, but just has maybe further desensitized people to like really wanton acts of of violence, essentially. Yeah, it's it's a great point, and the Rangers scenario and the death of Tyree Nichols are obviously completely different, mm-hmm. but I'm grouping them together. One, because they happened essentially on the same weekend. Not Tyree Nichols' death, but the release of the videotape that showed um, a group murder, essentially. When you have officers blocking the visuals of a body cam and saying things like, get your hands up, when his hands were restrained and they were kicking and punching him, like coordinating a, a, a killing... I say that because I know sports certainly have the power to change real important things, right? It's a force multiplier in our culture like nothing else. Even music to a certain extent is somewhat self-selecting based off of where you live, how you're raised, who you grew up with. Sports is this 
altar that all different types of people come to and put aside their differences. And if we just concentrated on all the ills in the world, we'd be watching the news and reading investigative journalism 24-7. It would be a really depressing way to live. So it is nice to have a palate cleanser in between, and sports certainly can do that. But I just wonder if we sometimes are hyperbolic in the actual impact that sports is currently having on these issues. Not on the impact that it can have, but what are the tangible things that have been done? Lots of conjecture, lots of talk, lots of consumption in the moment, and then we retreat to just talking about the sports storylines and not actually the impacts that sports can have on all of these other things, good, bad, or indifferent. Food for thought. We will continue to talk to our guests to get further perspective and love to hear yours as well. Hit us up on Twitter. One thing I do know is that when it came time to consume the action in the games, they were compelling. They were riveting. And quite frankly, one of the conference championship games was riveting for all of the wrong reasons. First, I need to give flowers to Patrick Mahomes, who on one leg against a really good opponent who he had yet to beat, missing four of his top receivers, found a way to complete 29 balls to 10 different receivers, but ran when it mattered the most on one leg. And put together for me, I think, is his most impressive victory to date. Juxtapose that against what we saw as the undercard in the NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy is knocked out of the game, hurt his elbow, and there's some talk that he might need Tommy John. Josh Johnson, who's been on 23 different professional teams, gets his opportunity, quickly concussed. The Philadelphia Eagles, who have had more sacks than any other team other than the 85 Bears since 1985, knocked two quarterbacks out of the game. And it dawned on me even more watching as it has ever before. Man, this is a quarterback-driven sport. We can complain about, oh, we put, uh, put a penny on the quarterback. We can't tackle him. Why don't you just lay a pillow down and put them down softly? This game is soft as charm. Well, guess what? This game sucks when the quarterbacks are not good. And it is amazing when the quarterbacks are good, which begs the question, show, do you have any idea why the NFL went away from the emergency quarterback? And for those who don't know, NFL rosters, you can declare 53, essentially on the roster, getting paid, but you dress for the seven. You dress 46. You used to be able to have a 47th, if you so choose. That is an emergency quarterback. Break glass in case of emergency. If not, stand over there and stay warm. And the sole purpose of that is so that we don't get, at any time, never mind the highest leverage time, 
what we just witnessed, where your choices are Christian McCaffrey, who has been on the team for two months, running wildcat plays, of which you have max six to ten, or having a quarterback essentially masquerade as a quarterback because he can't throw. So it's certainly not a fiscal reason. We just saw it's not a competitive reason. I went into this championship weekend thinking, man, this is amazing. You could tell me any of these four teams could win it all, and I, I win it. And then so quickly the air came out of the balloon. What was it like for you watching the Rocky movie that was Burrow versus Mahomes, you know, throwing haymakers back and forth, and then the tyke football game that the NFC game <laughs> turned out to be i uh i i'm just i'm actually kind of happy it happened 49ers eagles first in the day and then chiefs bengals to wrap things up because if it was chiefs bengals and it ended on a controversial call and like shots of osai crying on the bench which was honestly like really tough to wow. i was watching that with my my wife actually and she has like no stake in sports and she like start she cried she like legitimately cried like she shed tears for a, a guy in a sport she literally has no connection to so I, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, if, if that had been the way that game ended and then we went into another game hoping for higher stakes and then Brock Purdy gets injured and he has to probably have Tommy John surgery in the first like five minutes of the game, I think I would have been, it would have been much more uh, deflating than having it. And even though it was super controversial with like the people saying like six to nine after the kind of weird, like not, you know, the weird non play that was a play that wasn't a play. Right. It just, if, if because Chiefs Bengals is the way the night ended, I think I felt a little better about what I got to see all day on Sunday versus had it been the other way around. Yeah. So it's funny. I watched both games at real sports here in Toronto. Okay. They did a partnership with pro line. So they have, Engagements and activations, and so I was lucky. Should come over. I live like down the street. You should, you should, I, you know, that's on, on me. Technical <laughs> foul. Donovan, I should have uh, invited you. Thurman Thomas was there. Bruce Smith was there. It was a good time. But the whole vibe in the place. It took like two drives into the AFC Championship game to get the vibe back up because essentially there was no mystery in the NFC Championship game. There's no mystery in the Leafs game that happened in between the yeah, two. It's true. So you were just waiting as a sports fan this weekend to have something to intrigue you. And then it quickly looked like there was going to be no mystery in the AFC Championship game as the Chiefs came out to a, a hot start. And anyone knows the rivalry between the Chiefs and Bengals knows that it's essentially what happens whenever they play and the Bengals storm back, which they did. You mentioned Osai and that call and the gifting an extra 15 yards. We took it from a 60-yard field goal with wind to a 45-yard field goal for Harrison Butker. I, As much as I was so amazed at the feet and the level of compete at Patrick Holmes, it might be like the dad in me, but I felt bad. For oh, yeah. And I, yeah. He did press afterwards. It was depressing watching him stand up there and respect it answer questions you could hear in the background he had teammates essentially as bodyguards that were just editing the questions if they thought they were you know a little too out of bounds if you will no pun intended but it's tough you're trying to make a play 
giving max effort, had played really well in the game, and for that, for the way his season to end. The kick was, was so straight. Maybe it would have gone in from 60, but you never want to end. You're, you're that one. Well, it's funny you mentioned that the, the it's a QB-driven league, and it is. We all know it is, but it's just, it's it's I guess, I don't want to, you know, lay it all at the feet of, of refing and so on because of all the things that happened for both sides. There's some missed calls, and you'd probably make the argument that on any given play, most defensive linemen are like probably being held. So I think I, I saw a lot of people on that exact play point to Trey Hendrickson, and if you take a still image, you can probably make that argument again for like most players on virtually every single snap. So I get why it probably wasn't called, but boy, if I was a Bengals fan or if I was Joe Burrow, I would be incensed going, going, going forward into the morning. I mean, Hey, Patrick Mahomes, like that throw he let out on, I think it was fourth and one right to a, a, a it, it just seemed like they had the brain waves interlocked to Travis Kelsey in the end zone. That was an absolute frozen rope. He had another pass uh, earlier in the game where he, on his bad foot, leaned on the bad foot, and then quickly shifted his weight to his other leg, and then just unleashed an absolute laser beam. To, I think it was Marquez Valdez Scantling. He made the plays necessary to win. So I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs, but it does kind of, I don't know, like it does kind of mar what I think would have otherwise been just a truly spectacular win. But hey, I mean, we do have some pretty cool storylines set up for the Super Bowl now, right? You got to. Uh, Andy Reid coaching. I think he's now coached the Chiefs for 10 years and he coached the Eagles for 13 or 14 years. So that the Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl, whichever way you want to go. I think there are a lot of fun storylines. And it's funny to think that after all the fanfare and all the hoopla of the 2022 season, in the end, it's the two number one seeds who are going to be playing in the Super Bowl. That's true. It's a great point by you. And we have this relatively new playoff format where the number one seeds are the only ones right. that get buys and Jalen Hurts was hurt coming into the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes was hurt during the playoffs. This buy in between uh, badly needed as it, you know, there was some talk that maybe we would lose that buy in between to get in an extra week of games because of the fact that the Bengals bills game at the end of the regular season was not finished. Andy Reid now three and oh versus his former team. The Eagles, who fired him, by the way. Everyone's like, oh, this, you know, this lovable coach in Philly. And, and they fired him. Like, yeah, let, let's not let's forget. Yeah. They fired him. And so he certainly, you know, wants to get revenge. The narrative that I love the most, and we'll get into this uh, with Cabby, who's patiently waiting. Not only is the combined age for the starting QBs in this game tied for the youngest at 51. It's a young man's game show. Mahomes is 27 Hertz is 24, but this is the first time ever, forever, ever, we've had two black QBs facing off against each other starting in the Super Bowl. We've had it in the CFL six times, six different great cups with black QBs. Now, certainly there's been black QBs who've been to the game and, and, and won it, as Mahomes has as an MVP. Um, Donovan McNabb, Steve McNair have had great Super Bowl performances, but uh, to see two Black QBs going head-to-head will be a treat for me. Might be the case for our next guest, who is the great black QB on Madden only. We're going to catch up with Cabral Richards, the executive producer of SN Bets. Coming up next. My name is Lucille Bryan. I'm Clifton Bryan. My grandson is a show. And I'm so happy that you are listening 
to go and deal with Donovan Bennett. I'm so glad that he had the show. Thank you. Thank you, Grandma and Granddad. And loved the games this week. Loved the amount of smack talk that was going on throughout the week and between both teams. And I, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles took a mantra from my parents and grandparents. And th- their stance this weekend was, if you can't hear, you go off feel. As they certainly brought the pain <laughs> to the 49ers and, and their quarterbacks. Cabral, thank you for joining. Yes. Your biggest takeaway from the, the conference championships, which we were so excited for, was what? Biggest takeaway? Um, we're watching Patrick Mahomes climb into the the hallows, climb into the... Uh, we're watching Patrick Mahomes climb into that top tier of, of greatness. And, and hopefully, and again, this is me speaking as a fan, he wins his second Super Bowl so that he can be n- mentioned with the with Manning and Rodgers and Montana. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 like wait, that, wait, 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 wait. Don't think yeah. I'm just going to slide that in. What do you mean? Like it's a DM and I'm not going to notice. With, what are you talking about? First of all, he's a Hall of Famer right now. He reti- yeah. He retires today. Doesn't even play in two weeks. Retires today. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, because he, 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 yeah, he will get his second MVP. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. But you, you said wins his second and and then you put in your homeboy Aaron Charles Rogers. Yeah. I'm, no, no, no. Aaron Charles. How many? How many? How many, how many? How many Super Bowls he got? Wait, we're not talking. When you you said Donovan. with you said with hold on when Donovan when you measure he, he is when, on the hold on he's on the inside you, track. Wait a second. When you met, you personally measure greatness, measure people's resumes. You don't just go to championships. You're smarter than that. You have more I, nuanced conversation. I'm on. I, am I on I, going I, deep or not? <laughs> so I, cer- what do, what I, cer- I certainly do not. So so so. What are you trying? But you're the one who said. So then why? You're then the, why do you, you no, just no, go to Rogers? You, has one Super Bowl. Doggy, you said. You, we can cross examine if you'd like. You said when he gets to, he'll be in. So you're the one who's putting it on on rings and things. No, no, no. He's he's gonna win his. Well, yeah, the rings absolutely help. That's like the icing on the cake. But the body of the like the meal are all pros, MVPs, passing records, winning percentage, all those factors. And I think MVPs is like the biggest part of our part of the meal. And Rogers has four. Rogers has one more MVP than Tom Brady. And people don't really give that enough importance. When they're when they're discussing greatness, so Mahomes will have potentially two MVPs. He's gonna have two. Two so well, He's gonna have two. Huh? He's gonna he's gonna have two. Jalen Hurts is not winning MVP. He, he missed too many games, and quite frankly, did he just miss one game? I thought he missed one game, or was it two games? He, he, Didn't he miss one game with a bad shoulder, and that, we saw Gardner Minshew. I think I think he won. Or did they lose? No, no he, they were like 14-0 or something. He missed two games. And, and quite frankly, him missing games that they lost when they only needed more, one more win to clinch uh, helps his MVP argument. But no, Mahomes is him. He's Timothy. He's the MVP. But I, I'm sorry to break it to you. Mahomes is already past Aaron Rodgers. Like he, he's, he's in the rear view. And objects in the rear view may be closer than they appear. In what way? Like In my eyes, in that way. I'm watching. As what? I'm, As what? As, 
as one of the all-time greats? Correct. Yes. And I, listen, I, I too have Rodgers in that conversation, right? We, we, a couple weeks ago, we had to pick our five. Rodgers is in my five. But here, I, I think he's the new Rodgers. He's Coke 2.0. He's the, he's the, he's the new <laughs> firmware. I don't know if Devontae Adams is a Hall of Famer, but Patrick Mahomes definitely plays with a Hall of Famer in Travis Kelsey. So we, you have to look at the weapons. I mean, that's part of the, the argument that people make on behalf of Dan Marino because he didn't pl- – I don't think any of his receivers went to the Hall of Fame, and he put up ungodly numbers in the 80s when it was – when you could, like, horse collar a quarterback, you could blindside – I mean, you definitely blindside a quarterback. The, the rules were – were not as favorable to in in protecting QBs as they are now. So, uh, I would I would make when I'm evaluating Rodgers versus Mahomes, I would I would certainly look at the the personnel and the coaching uh, and those things in order to make my case or, or in order to make a final assessment of which quarterback was greater. But you know, Don, we are splitting hairs of greatness. So that's what sports fans do. And both quarterbacks are great. And Mahomes showed some greatness again on Sunday, beating the the Bengals. Finally. This is true. Travis Kelsey also, we we weren't talking about him going to the Hall of Fame when he was playing with Alex Smith, right? We were talking about him on a reality show (laughs) trying to find a wife. So let's just just pump the brakes on Kelsey making Mahomes. It's the other way around. However, though, uh, I, I do want to uh, I, I do want to get your aspect on this. I, I, I talked about it earlier. I got two brothers in the Super Bowl, two black quarterbacks for the first time ever, which when I thought about it, when I looked at the landscape and thought, man, if Eagles win and Holmes win, that would be cool. I'm like, is it the first ever? It can't be. But then I was like, it must be because you've rarely had black QBs make the Super Bowl, even though they've been a part of the game for a while. Does that stat surprise you? Um, that is the first time. I guess so. Um, yeah, I guess so. It'll be a cool narrative. And both guys are obviously from different backgrounds. And they have, you know, Jalen Hurts is not really, he's like such a kind of quiet guy. Like it, the most personality he shows is actually on Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's podcast. I can't remember what it's, I think it's called New Heights. He does the gritty as is a celebration in the end zone uh, with his teammates and stuff. But we don't, I don't really know that much about Jalen Hurts. We know a lot more about Patrick Holmes. I mean, I guess he's been in our living rooms longer and he's been in, I don't know how many straight AFC championship games. If it's three or four, or maybe it's four or five. I mean, this guy's just been excellent, excellent since he took over for Alex Smith. So there's, there's a difference in style of plays, obviously, and then personalities. It'll be cool. It's a, it's a cool narrative. I mean, shout out to, you know, I was watching that 49ers game. I was like, yo, Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL. And we're down to Josh Johnson, <laughs> who's, I mean, and I'm not slighting this man. Is it 15? Is it, has he played for 15 years or 15 teams? I saw a graphic. I was like, this is great. Look how many logos are on screen. And like Colin Kaepernick can't even, so it's, the NFL is not a meritocracy, that's no. for sure. And it, it it popped up because I was watching the San Francisco 49ers. And Colin Kaepernick brought the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl and was one pass away from winning in 2012 against, uh, against the Ravens. So that was one of the random things that popped in my head. 
But it'll be cool. But Hurts versus Mahomes will be a very cool storyline. Josh Johnson has played for 23 different professional teams. My guy was in the Alliance of American Football, the United Football League. He's He's been around. So the- Man, has he ever? I mean, geez, Louise. That guy... He, he what's what's the line you don't have to you stay ready so you don't have to get ready yeah. you don't have to be ready something like that like this guy must be constantly just doing plyometrics you know maybe he's training with steve nash or something like that just staying just staying loose staying ready to to get that phone call and man this guy has gotten a bunch of phone calls he was drafted in the fifth round in 2008 wow. still, still- i met him in 2000 and we went to Barbados. Shout out to Kevin Weeks. I met him, and he's cousins with Marshawn Lynch. And we were, man, we were in Barbados, I think, in 2009. So he just started his NFL career. Anyway, and that's it's, a random and story. It's, and it's still going. And it's still going. And it's still but going. But you know what? Yeah. The, the, I think the most remarkable thing is he's done it predominantly as a backup, as a black backup. Like, you don't really see black backups. You see black starters, but... The, the 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 John Kitna role of just that guy who's like telling you what he Patrick's. sees the the Chad Henney right those guys yeah. traditionally are not black quarterbacks so the fact that he's been around um, lets you know and, and it informs the way I look at Jalen Hurts who is not a backup not anytime soon even though you know I wrongfully when he was in the SEC said that he was going to be in the CFL so disgraceful. Yeah, you should. I, I I hope you're wearing a coat of shame right now. I listen. It was. Let us know how it fits. It how was, it feels to wear this this shameful blazer. It was it blazer was, of shame. It was based off the pre, the pedigree of Alabama quarterbacks before him, and now listen, it's been the opposite since. Because you got Tua, uh, who, who's obviously in the league and, and put up big numbers as well. You got Mac Jones, who, but. <laughs> But he, you talk about him and the way he carries himself. Nick Saban said he is the player that he coached that most reminds him of himself. And I was like, man, this dude must be boring. If that's what the coach had to say about him. But I feel like as a quarterback, for him, he had to always, and his coach's son, he used to always know I'm being judged as a black quarterback. I have to be better in some aspects I have to handle myself I can't be you know extra flashy walking in like Joe Burrow because people are gonna say a, a certain you know thing about me so I have to play it you know close to the vest and answer these questions real polished and not put anything out there I wonder if you know it's the life of many equity seeking people in corporate spaces he felt like I, I have to kind of you know put on a bit of a mask a little bit to to manage in this role. Because when he was pulled at Alabama, whenever they'd cut to the side that I'm like, let me watch this guy's face. Because he knows he can't pout. He can't get vexed because, you know, to your point, he has to stay ready. But also, there's going to be a second story about him if he's, you know, the angry backup black QB. Yeah, the body language police will come out in, in waves on the internet and come for him. I for, that, That's the piece that I forgot, the coach's son. And I think he, Jalen's a, a younger brother, too. So, And I believe both brothers played uh, played football. So that that's obviously a different upbringing than Patrick Mahomes, whose dad was a professional baseball player and played for like the Minnesota Twins. I think he was a bit of a journeyman. But yeah, di- different upbringings for sure. And then being the coach's kid, 
you're just not only are you going to be judged harder than your teammates, you're just you're going to be the pressure's going to be more intense and then you're also going to get it at home. A lot like or in the car on the way home from games much differently than other teammates uh kids or other other teammates. So that'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And yeah, he's he does he's not the most compelling interview. He's not known for like his humor or his wit or his like the or being super quotable. So yeah, uh, a comparison to Nick Saban uh, seems apropos in this case. Well, we've now seen the game where these guys are both in the MVP conversation. They're playing each other in the Super Bowl. So you know, black quarterbacks certainly have come. A long way, but yet coaches are still not even close. One of the news hits throughout the day yesterday is that Eric Bieniemy looking at potential offensive coordinator jobs with with the Ravens. Isn't that such a slap in the face? Like Dude. offensive coordinator jobs? Like that's what Schefter's out here talking about. And like, is he is he at least getting an interview for the Indianapolis Colts head coach job? Well, I mean, everybody has gotten an interview for the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. So. So, yes, but Byron Leftwich was a candidate for coaching jobs a couple of years ago when they win the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, they have one bad year. Not only is he out, like, he's not even being rumored for other OC jobs. Eric Bieniemy has been in that role for a minute, has excelled, can't get a head coaching job. The guys before him as OCs, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, they quickly get coaching jobs after being in Kansas City, there seems like such a double standard at that position. And then the thing that I thought to myself is, you know who has not one but two interviews with the Colts for their head coaching job? Jeff Saturday. What What is Jim Irsay meeting with Jeff Saturday about twice? Like, we know they're boys. We know they're friends. But, like, hey, Jeff, thanks for coming in. All right, yeah, take a seat. So can you can you walk me through how... Up 28 against the Minnesota Vikings. You somehow <laughs> lost the game. Jeff, okay, great. You know what? Another one. You won your first game. You didn't come close to winning one after. What happened? Like, how, how is this a thing that he's never coached at a higher level than high school, and yet he's a serious candidate for a job that he just proved he's not qualified for? And then there's active black coaches who are qualified who can't even get an interview. I mean that just that just proves the earlier point that the NFL is not a meritocracy. I mean I think Jim Irsay and Jeff Saturday are like friends or like boys, like closer than friends, like their families know each other, all that kind of stuff off the field, which certainly helps get him at the top of the put him at the top of the line of candidates. Uh, but it's it's wild, man, that that with so much public discourse about equality and about giving qualified candidates opportunities it's just maybe that's just fodder and it's and it's not being practiced in actuality i mean we're, we're not in those rooms and we don't work for those organizations so we don't know exactly what um what's happening and we're only getting like little morsels from an ian rapaport or uh, or adam Schefter. uh but the that's just a bad state of affairs if Eric Bieniemy is just getting other offensive coordinator job offers or or meetings and not head coaching meetings because now now it's starting to like sell his reputation. Just like this guy's been an elite offensive coordinator, been to the Super Bowl. This will now be the third time in the Patrick Mahomes era, or this is the third time. And just like, what is it that we're not 
so now it's like, it's making me question this guy's credentials and his, his credentials should not be questioned because we've seen the results of his actions, of his, of his work. Like, yeah, we, Jay-Z says, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. We've seen the numbers and they're spectacular. And we've seen that this, this team has now been in the Super Bowl for a third time in five years or, or six years, something like that. Was, was it 19, 20, and now 23? Is that what it was? Because they went back to back. They beat the Niners, lost to the Bucks, and now they're facing the Eagles. Anyway, man, it's, it's kind of depressing on at, a Monday. At least give them the opportunity to fail. Nathaniel Hackett, yeah, I'm going to use his full name, Nathaniel, because he's in trouble. <laughs> My guy, he, he got a, he's now got two jobs because he happened to be in Green Bay, not calling plays, by the way, something that they hold against Eric Bieniemy, who now calls the plays, but still doesn't matter. He got two jobs because your boy Aaron Rodgers likes him and won two MVPs when he was there. He was, he, people were now talking about, oh, well, you know, when he was with the Jaguars, he got Blake Bortles to a uh, conference championship game. Yeah, he also got Blake Bortles out of the league. Like, this guy <laughs> has a track record of not being a, a, a great coordinator other than when he's got Aaron Rodgers. And now we've seen a track record of not being a great coach. He didn't make it to the end of his first year in Denver. But he's not out of work for long. Yeah, and he's and he had a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. Who know like that well, that uh, I mean, meltdown is like what is maybe in the top ten greatest mysteries in NFL history. Like what the hell happened to Russell Wilson? Russell Carrington Wilson. Let's let's not tell lies just to make our okay. argument stronger. Russell Wilson's not a great quarterback. <laughs> he's not. What Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. Are you are you out of your mind? Incorrect. Has Russell Wilson what? ever been the best player on his football team? Ever? Yes. Where Wisconsin? Not with the C- who was better than Russell Wilson? Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, their was entire better defense. Than Russell, Car- Russell Wilson? Uh yeah, yes, 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 you and said the yes. Entire defense. That is a collection of eleven players versus one. Yeah. Yes, the 11 Legion of Boom, who, who, who gave him a, a championship and tried to give him another one until he literally threw it away. So yes. The defense is better than Russell Wilson. He should thank them every time he sees them, even though they all hate him. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. Let's not. Russell let's Wilson not, at least been let's not make a runner-up in the MVP conversation twice, at least twice. Once to Aaron Rodgers for sure, and I can't remember the other time. Russell Wilson is, I don't know how many, I don't have his football reference page open to me, and maybe I should if we have this conversation more seriously another time, but... Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. No, he was not. he was the top in the top three in, in the NFC every for like an eight year stretch. He's it not. was Rodgers. It was the one random year Matt Ryan won a uh, MVP. I think Wilson was in the discussion. This is this is, that's but, hurting your argument that Matt Ryan happened to win an MVP in the conference and I Russell know, doesn't even I have know, one. He was I never know. he was never better than Drew Brees. He was never better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think he was better than Dak Prescott. Come on, man. That's offensive, bro. No, Come it's on. not. Imagine. Come on, man. Hey, look, there should be a coaching vacancy a there. Great in Dallas, running by the game way. and a great defense. And he was yeah, on so a cheap contract and they loaded bro. up around him. He was not he's As, not The he's not Dallas good. Cowboys had what's, a what's your favorite? An offensive line. What's, what's your favorite Russell had, Wilson? One of the greatest offensive lines of all time. For like three or four years. Correct. And guess what? You know who's yeah. not a Hall of and, Famer? And, Dak Prescott, but he's better than Russell Wilson. They also, had, they also had zero defense and zero coaching. All, uh, Bro, what is, what's that your Russell coffee Wilson this morning? From. I don't drink Bailey's? coffee. 
I don't, I don't what's drink, in your green tea? What's in your tea? This then? is this is 100%, this is 100% 2% milk coming at you right now. I don't drink coffee. With Bailey's loading in. This is this is wild. This Listen, one, this is one of the if you want it's, it's the wildest hot take or the, no, the worst hot take you fired off since. If you want to have a whole very that good. Jalen Hurts was a bust. It was going to be a bust. Or I, going to no, play no. in the CFL. No, that was Ari who said he was going to be a bust. I said he was going to play in the CFL. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. That's no shame in the Canadian game. Russell Wilson, eight, not a hall. You want to have a hall of very good. But that's that's wait. That was not your. That was not how you implied it though in the group chat. And I know we're I know we're airing out personal business. Listen, but that, it was a pejorative in tone, that conversation. It was, tone it was gets lost like, over text. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just admit it. You're wearing that blazer of shame though, and I just want to uh, reemphasize for the audience that you, Donovan Bennett Jr. said that Jalen Hurts in a pejorative, would be playing in the CFL after w- seven games in the NFL as a quarterback, as a 23-year-old. Listen. After seven games, you made that assessment. Jalen Hurts you. deserves a lot of credit. He has improved his game, taken it to a level where he's playing at a, you're going to play in the CFL level, to now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I applaud him, and I stand on the fact that I evaluated him incorrectly. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I, here's an evaluation that I will not get incorrect. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, is better than Russ Wilson, but your boy cannot sing whatsoever. Did you did you hear this? This is Who, Jalen Hurts or yes. Russell Wilson. Well, well, I, I don't I don't know if Russell Wilson can sing either, but no, Jalen Hurts. This is Jalen Hurts after the victory at the link. What's wrong with that? I mean, what do you, you expect the guy to come out singing like Wanye Morris from Boys to Men? <laughs> like, what, what? I don't know what you expected. I mean, this is a football player just running on fumes of adrenaline and celebration and elation. A couple. He's not going to be pitch perfect, my dude. A couple things. One, who was the brother in Boys to Men that didn't sing? That just spoke with a deep voice. Mike. Mike had the deep voice. What a life he lived. Because he got the same check, did he not? And all I had to do was uh, no. I don't, I don't know if he was writing though. I don't know if he was. He has writing credits because that that publishing money is that's long money. Um, Either to, way, but, if but he invested well, yeah, I don't, he's in the hidden hills right now, living a good life, having his pool cleaned. For, <laughs> so shout out to him. No, number two, Jalen Hurts did the thing that I do at church when you're not sure you know all the words. So you sing, yeah. but you kind of just blend into the next yeah. hymn, and you hope yeah. that, like, I got grandma in, in my front room. of a hot mic. Yeah. So he, I don't know it. if the, he really knew that chant the way, you know, he was singing it. But, you know, he pulled up. So this is more my speed. Not that I am a, a, a wrestling fan. Uh, but, but I like what Travis Kelsey does postgame. Take a listen. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight! 
I just love yes, the, give the me heel yes. energy all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then he I just do, I do. Yeah, that's a, that was phenomenal. And then yeah, he, that, he he's a he's a quotable guy. And yes, bring bring the WWE into uh, into the NFL more often. That was pretty entertaining. And he just he at some point just transported back to like the Frosh Week party, Travis Kelsey, where yeah. he's just screaming lyrics at the top of his lung with his with homeboys. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't he didn't drop a bleep burrowhead because that's what they that's what fans were calling arrowhead, which is like if he if they won again, then we would see we would have seen some photoshops on on Instagram and Twitter quickly of Joe like the renaming of that building or or Joe Burrow as holding you know that one meme where like the dad is holding the baby and it's usually, it's always like a quarterback <laughs> like uh, you know it, it would have been. Patrick Mahomes as the baby head, and then Joe Burrow as the the uh, the parent head, the the father's head. I don't know if you do you remember that meme? Oh, yeah, of course. Are you familiar? Yeah, we would have seen that a bunch, but thankfully we don't have to. And again, this is just me as my fandom, as a as a person that loves football, not that that I have any allegiance to Kansas City or the Chiefs. I just want to see greatness. Well, he did crash Mahomes' post game interview with Tracy Wolfson, and Travis th- Kelsey did. Yes. And dropped a. Oh, yeah, I was talking about Joe Burrow though. Oh right, right. But I'm saying Kelsey. He 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 dropped a Mahomes home, which I don't know. Like if, if I, we we need to come up with something better than that. To, to if you're gonna counter Burrowhead, which is quite funny, you got to come something something better than Mahomes home. You, yeah, that's true. We, we we put out my bad take. Now, you guys, the SN Bets crew had a video about. Uh, bad takes, airing people out. As we leave, one, promote where people can find said video and everything that's going on with SNBets. But what's your worst take? Oh, man. Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer? No, Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. We, do you want to make a bet, bro? Do you want to put some actual money on the line? Sure. Because he, you know, he, he's got probably four or five more years and then Canton calls. And so by the time, I don't know, we hit 2035, we should know whether or not Russell Wilson has been inducted into the hall of fame. And I don't know how many years of eligibility you have. Like, I don't know if it's like baseball where you only have a 15 year window and, and with the, which the writers can uh, give you that honor. And then it be, then it becomes like the former players who give, I can't remember what that that's called, but they give that honor. I'm I'm ready to put some serious money on the line. Let's about do it. This. Okay, here's here's my worst take. I bet a colleague of ours uh, five figures. What? That Alex Ovechkin would not pass Wayne Gretzky as the all-time scoring leader. I did that, and I'm gonna have to. The checking account is gonna feel it when Alex Ovechkin Ovechkin does pass Wayne Gretzky. I was convinced. There's no way that's like one of the un- most untouchable records. Like, no, even though Ovi doesn't play two ways, he just sits in his office waiting for one timers. I was convinced that he would not pass this record and he's going to, he's going to obliterate. He might get to nine fifteen by the time it's all done. So that's my worst take. One, why would you do that? And two, because I, cause I was probably, David I had Amber. some vodka in my system, I think, or some tequila, like an absolute donkey. And then just writing checks that my ass, my mouth was writing checks that my ass has the cash. 
friggin' next season or, or two seasons from now when, when Ovi passes the great one. Oh, man. That was a bad one. Well, you are also going to lose the Russell Wilson one. Well, we, we have to put a, a date on it, but he's not going to the Hall of Fame. And this guy's had one bad season in I, his career. Watch. I'll, I'll give you. He's, he's had a bunch of average seasons in his career. That's the issue. <sighs> That's laughable, dude. They've been a playoff team. Seattle's a playoff team for like a decade. Can you can you write the history of professional football without Russell Wilson? Yes, of course you can. What's your favorite Russell Wilson no. moment? What's a Russell Wilson moment you're going to tell young CJ Cabrell Jr. when he's older? They beat when the he's Packers in overtime. They beat the Packers in overtime in like the NFC Championship, like 15 or something. And it was a beautiful, th- I think it was either Tyler Lockett. No, it wasn't Tyler. So I can't remember who caught the... Um, caught the touchdown in the end zone, but it was it was an overtime win. It was at home, but it was a big overtime win, and I believe it was the divisional round or NFC Championship game. And it was a phenomenal performance. Is Mike Vick a Hall of Famer? Ooh, you bet. You better I mean, say yes, because because if you're trying to tell me and the listening audience that Russell Wilson had a greater impact on professional football than Mike Vick, th- just get off my phone line right now, mm. immediately. Yeah, thank you. End of story. I rest my case. This has been the Going Deep Podcast. On behalf of Cab, who's going to owe me five figures when Russell Wilson does not make the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Sho and Lance, who have had to, like you, listen to us bicker for the last 20 minutes. Thanks for listening. It's not a Hall of Fame. 